Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Michael Indonesio, Tom Bradley, and me, Mark Clemente. Before we get into the week's festivities, I uh, just want to take a minute and promote our giveaway. Once again, we're recording Monday night, so it's a little earlier than we thought we were going to. So we're going to extend the giveaway for one more week. So you still have a chance to win a signed Kenny Pickett Pitt mini helmet. Those are not easy to find. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter, tag somebody you think should be listening to us, and put a comment in there on what you liked or what you didn't like about the podcast. It's not hard. Anybody can do that. Crazy. You got to do a little bit of work, though. I mean, this is a Kenny Pickett autographed mini helmet. Uh, they're going for like 300 bucks on eBay. So you got to do a little bit of work to earn this. Um, so follow us on Twitter. Tag somebody you think should be listening. And then just a little comment on what you liked or what you didn't like about the show. And then so, we'll draw next week. We'll draw next week. <clears throat> okay. We'll announce it on air. Yeah. So this is your chance. We're giving you one more week. We're probably going to record next Monday. Just so you know, that's going to be the cutoff. So make sure you do what you need to do by then, and uh, we'll announce the winner on next week's episode. So good luck. With that being said, what a clunker yesterday. <laughs> I mean, everybody's talking about it today, and that's another reason why we wanted to go earlier in the week because we want to capture the passion that's still there. The later we go in the week, you're moving on, you're talking about the next next week's opponent. Especially because this week it's Thursday. So Right, it's yeah. Thursday. you got the Browns this week. So, um Wanted to record a little earlier. I know, uh, you know, I'm still a little pissed off from the game and everything that transpired, and I'm sure everybody out there is as well. So here's your chance to get uh, our take on this scenario and what we think needs to be done in light of yesterday's pretty pathetic performance uh, to the New England Patriots. Well, I was there, so I got a different perspective on the game than, you know, you can watch it from home. And, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, I gave him credit last week. I thought this team came in and had a game plan to beat the Bengals. Um, and this week, um, I, I couldn't be farther from the opposite than from what I saw the week before. Um, they seem to be content to try to play games to not lose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of Tomlin's many Tomlinisms is we don't live in our fears. Well, bullshit. Yeah. They are absolutely positively living in their fears of this on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, Cincinnati, they got away with it because the defense was so over overpowering. And really, they could have, should have lost that game if a mm -hmm. guy makes an extra point because the offensive is so conservative. This week, there's no excuse. Um, T.J. Watt's hurt. Their defense is just not going to be what it, what it could be without him there. Um, the offense is going to have to step up. They're going to have to win some games. And to me, you know, I heard a couple people knocking the defense for the end of the game. Yeah, that you know, they, they ran it down their throats and ran out the clock. But in reality, the defense gave up 10 points yesterday. Um, you know, the, the seven points they gave up on the muff punt. I mean, they get the ball right. to seven-yard line. Yeah, you can stop them. It's still allowed. But reality is I don't blame the defense for that. Um, you hold an NFL team to 10 points anymore, no matter what offense, because New England stinks. And I think they're going to look back at the end of the year and realize this was a pretty bad loss because I, I think New England's going to be lucky to win five games with that offense. Um but, you know, the how conservative they are, um, you know, I've heard this theory put out that Tomlin wants to win this like they did during the Duck years. And, and I think that's ridiculous. I mean, this isn't the Duck team. Um, 
first of all, the offense without the defense without TJ Watt is not elite. They're not going to be able to win games. We on saw their that. Own. Yeah, no pressure at all yesterday. And this is going to be this is the easiest offensive game that this defense is going to face without TJ Watt. Um, and they didn't win the game. Um, and with Duck, I mean, yeah, you had Duck who was a high school quarterback. I mean, he, should, he wasn't an NFL quarterback. Right. And you had Mason who's who was a rookie. You know, in his third game when T, when uh, Ben got hurt, uh, and it's turned out that Mason's been a very mediocre quarterback. Right. Well, this you have a legitimate NFL quarterback in Trubisky, I think, and you have a number one quarterback in Pickett <laughs> behind him, who I know is going to be uh, is going to be an NFL quarterback, and you've got five to six really skilled offensive players. You know, Najee, Muth. The, the, the wide receivers. I mean, you've got legitimate talent on this side of the ball, and to just do what they're doing is is insane. And you can see the frustration starting. You know, when I was watching it live, there was there was more than once where wide receivers were throwing their hands up in the air and waving. You know, doing that. Well, Mitch talked about it after the, the game. Yeah, I mean, they're talking the, in the play in the huddle that they want to alter the play call and they, they want their number. I mean. When your quarterback addresses that and says something like that post game, I don't know. I mean, if I'm the only one that was like floored by that. Well, the other thing but, that I saw live that you couldn't see on TV is wide receivers in the second half specifically were not running their patterns, and and they were not going. You know, not even if they were. You could tell if they weren't the primary guy, they just kind of going through the motions. And when you start seeing that mm -hmm. stuff in the second half of the second game. That ain't good. No. That is not a good thing. No, it's, I mean, you, you, you nailed it. The second half of the second game of the year, and this stuff is happening already. Uh, and so, you know, obviously everybody's pointing fingers. I mean, is it Trubisky? Is it Canada? I say you go one level higher. This is all Tomlin. We all know that nothing happens on this team without his blessing. And I think this is what he wants. This is exactly what he wants. He wants, to, and he said it at, in the post game last week. He wants to run a very conservative game plan. He thinks that defense can be elite, as you said, Tommy. I don't think it can be without ninety. Um, but I think Canada is calling exactly what Tomlin wants. You know <clears throat> what I took from the great game, and the thing I'm pissed about is I actually had to sit and watch that. I mean, I taped it because I was watching the Buccaneer game, but I, I watched it at like six o'clock. Mm -hmm. I, I put it on and watched it through. Uh, Tommy pointed to the defense actually if you look at the numbers they played well but to me Mac Jones was just too comfortable back then yeah, very comfortable you, you didn't see that now is that an indictment on how bad maybe Cincinnati's offensive line is we talk at the Steelers you know it, well, I mean, the Cowboys had what five yesterday against they had the six. Six, they yeah. Had six I mean, that's more. a bad so maybe, offensive maybe line. It they're was a little they're more. worse than the Steelers. I think so. I, I, I think that what we've seen in Week One, I don't know if you're going to see. We talked about it last week. They're not going to be able to score a touchdown on defense every week. That's a bonus mm -hmm. when you get those kind of things. But yeah, New England moved the ball with you know very limited talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, the wide receivers are average. Um, they just were able to move the ball enough. It was almost like playing, you know, it was like playing ping pong. Mm -hmm. You get down the field, you punt it to the Steelers, you know they're not going to move the ball. Mm -hmm. Then you get it back. Eventually you'll move the ball down the field. Uh, the last drive of the game, they just couldn't get them off the field. And that was – that. but who – I mean, the Steelers get the ball. What are they going to do with it? Mm -hmm. A minute, 20 seconds with no timeouts, they weren't going to do anything with that. Um, you talk about Canada's play calling. Yeah, a lot of it goes on him. A lot of it goes on Tomlin. A lot of it goes on Trubisky, too. I mean, I've seen some guys running wide open. Not not every play, but there were a few plays. Everything for him is a check down. Now, if that's what they want, if they continue to play like this, 
I, there's no guarantee they're going to beat Cleveland this week. I mean, I know Cleveland had a clunker there at the end. They had a 14-point lead, 13-point lead. With, Cleveland scares me with that, the way they can run the ball. They can run run the ball right down your throat with mm-hmm. those two running backs, and their defense is pretty good. Their pass mm-hmm. rush is pretty good, and the Steelers' offensive line is just, you know, like I said, it's it's average. Right, it is. Their pass protection is okay, um, but that is what's confounding to me. Their pass protection is protection is actually not bad. Well, how do we know? And, how do we even know that their pass protection is any good? Because he don't hold the ball for more than two or well, three seconds. Good point. So I mean, but I, he's clean during that time. Well, I, you ha- if you're not clean after <laughs> two or three seconds, then you got a real. Well, we problem. had that issue last year, though. Well, I, and I'll tell you what I picked up on live, and and I don't know Mitch Trubisky well enough to know his throwing motions and his throwing mm-hmm. style, but he played to me like a quarterback that's afraid to get hit. And, and the reason I say that is, if you watch his throwing motion, he doesn't step into any throws. Everything he throws off, yes, is point. off his back foot, good and point. it's almost like a fadeaway yeah. for an NBA player. Changes Everything's off his back mm-hmm. foot. And even when he runs the ball, you know, there was two or three times where he ran the ball yesterday, and he was looking back over his shoulder, waiting to get hit. To me, that's a player, that's a quarterback that's playing scared and isn't either he isn't used to get I mean he had a year off in Buffalo or he didn't play and is getting used to the speed or whatever but he looks like a quarterback that's afraid he's afraid of getting hit he's afraid of not of where he's going and things like that he's not playing he's not playing what's the you know you're playing on your front foot when you're mm-hmm. when you're when you're leaning into it or right when you're, when you're setting it, and actually yeah, throwing the ball yeah you're, you're into the game and you, mm-hmm. you look confident to me he is the epitome of no confidence the way he throws the way he's He's hurrying up and, and, and just mm-hmm. getting rid of balls. And you can see that. He had Paulos where uh, two or three times yesterday where the defensive player could come over the top of the Steeler player and knock it down because there was no zip on the ball. And then also the balls that were short-hopping receivers. Mm-hmm. He short-hopped Pickens. He short-hopped Friermuth. Those are throws when you're throwing off your back foot. You don't have any oomph on it. And I think the biggest problem offensively is I think you have a subpar offensive coordinator and a subpar quarterback. And when you have one or the other, you can get by with it. Kind of like what the Steelers did last year. You know, Roethlisberger wasn't what he was anymore, but he was still an NFL quarterback, and he could overcome some of those things. And he won games on the last drives a few times last year. But when you have both that are subpar, it's just not a good mix. It's just not. And, you know, there's nothing that I heard from Tomlin today that makes me think that anything's going to change. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So let's talk about how long, if you were the head coach, how long do you give this? My my perspective of this is that this is a stale team. It's a stale offense. There's You can watch the body language in and out of the huddle, and it's just not – you can just see there's a lot of shoulder shrugging. There's not a lot of emotion. And – the one thing I noticed about Kenny in his time at Pitt and just in the time that he played in the preseason, he brings that it factor. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a swagger. There's something to him when he's in the huddle or when he's in the game that you just notice a little bit extra. And it maybe that's I'm not an NFL head coach, maybe that's not a good enough reason to put a guy in, but man, this offense needs a kick in the ass. And if Trubisky's not the guy or somebody on this sideline isn't the guy to do it, maybe Kenny is. Mm-hmm. And if that, is that a good enough reason to change? I don't know. But there's nothing that I heard from Tomlin that mm-hmm. I think is going to change anytime soon. 
No, I, I, I think, I don't know how long the leash is, but I, I can't imagine it being too long. Listen, I, I looked at the stats after mm-hmm. two weeks. The Steelers are almost last or dead last in every offensive category, every single one. I don't care what stat you look at. They're either 29, 30, 31, or 32 in every offensive category. How long can you let that go? Yeah, week one, you played the game the way it was mm-hmm. played. Yesterday, they, you gave one away. You gave one away. And if they play offensively again Thursday like they played yesterday mm-hmm. against New England, I think the leash is short. I would say four or five games at, at best for Trubisky. If he obviously keeps playing like this. And it's I know so part of it's the play calling, but – you still got to execute the plays that are called, and they don't see. He doesn't seem to be able to execute any play. Right. Well, and I, I think that if they go to Cleveland and lay another egg offensively, that has to be it. I mean, well, like we talk about all the time, every game matters in the NFL. If they go to Cleveland and lay an egg, and they're sitting at one and two, I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, and expecting a different result. That's what that's what it is to me at that point. But part of this to me also is ego, and with Tomlin. And, and with any, not just specifically Tomlin, NFL head coaches, mm-hmm. this is an offensive coordinator that everybody thinks shouldn't be doing this job, mm-hmm. except one guy. This is a quarterback that nobody in the league wanted, except for one guy, the Steelers. You know, Tomlin and Colbert said, this was our guy. This is the guy that we wanted to bring in. Mm-hmm. So when you stick your chest out and say, these are the things that I want, and I'm smarter than you. You think I'm wrong, but I'm smarter than you. Watch me prove it. Those kind of guys aren't gonna aren't gonna run up the white flag after three games. They're mm-hmm. just not. Tomlin doesn't. To me, I don't think Tomlin's the kind of guy that's gonna say, "Hey, I was wrong. I'm gonna change drastically mm-hmm. and get rid of, move on from both of these guys, or even Trubisky." And that's the part that concerns me because even if they lose this game, the Cleveland, they're, they're gonna be one and two. This is a division that I think we're starting to see is maybe not as glamorous as we mm-hmm. thought it was coming into the year. And I think nine or ten wins could win this division. And I don't see any scenario where Trubisky gets you to nine or ten. No. But maybe Kenny can. I'm not saying he can't either, but maybe he can. And you're still early enough in the season to pull some of this out because the Jet the, the Cleveland game is is now is a 50-50 game, and I always thought it was. And I think there's a lot of people who would have looked at this season and said one and two after three weeks was probably – everybody had Cincinnati mm-hmm. as a loss. I think most people had Cleveland as a loss. The New England game, you know, but the Jets game is a game you got to win. If you want to do anything this year, even if you're one and two, you have to win that game. And with 10 days off and, and a chance to sort of reset, mm-hmm. that's the game for Kenny right. to be able to come in and maybe – you still have a shot at this season. So we'll see. Yeah, no. So we're going to start a new feature after every Steeler game. We're going to two up, two down. Two guys whose stock is rising, two guys that may be better off on the sideline. So, Michael, lead us off. Two up, two down. Two up and two down for the Steelers. Um, that's a hard I know that after two this up, week. Yeah, two up is two, very hard. Two up but. right now is is hard for you to really pick. For me, Firemuth catching the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't get a lot of opportunities yesterday, but the ones he did, he Made cashed the most in of. on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, I didn't see anybody that stood out. They, Like I said, they played solidly, but they played against a really pedestrian offense, and I, I was waiting for them to make a play. 
and they just never made Mac Jones uncomfortable. And it's not like, I mean, when he runs, it's almost like he has to unhitch the trailer to get out of the pocket. I mean, he's not moving very well. Mm -hmm. And without TJ there, I mean, that's what that was what's so glaring to me yesterday is I knew TJ was the best player in the NFL defensively. But without him, I really understood how good he is defensively. He makes mm-hmm. everybody Never else on the field better. He makes the defensive backs better. He puts so much pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I don't have a second up. I mean, Fryermuth really – I. All right, how about two down? Two down. I, I, Najee Harris to me is not – I don't know if it's the injuries or what's going on. He's missing holes. Mm-hmm. Um He's he's still running. He didn't run as tentatively as he did in the first game. He had a yeah. couple spurts in that game where he showed that energy mm-hmm. he had last year, where he's running guys over, hurdling guys, and then you've seen it disappear again. Um, I would say he's done, and I, I really didn't like the game. I thought Cam Hayward would step up that and was, really, yep. yeah, I thought Cam Hayward mm-hmm. would step up and take the role TJ right. left him, and he really was a non-factor yesterday for me. So those are the two down, and I only got one up, and that's Friar Move. Tommy, you got anybody up? Yeah. I've got uh, – I think Minka is definitely that's up. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, agree with you on He's on his him. way. You know, if he keeps this stuff up, he's on his way to being a conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's playing with more emotion. He's playing more free. Um, you can – again, it's easier to watch it live, but he's moving all over the field. Um, he's back some. He's playing up. Um, the interception was, you know – Everybody was didn't make enough of that. That's a hell of a catch for a safety. Mm-hmm. That's not a wide receiver out there. That's a hell of a play, and they lured Jones into See, that too. The that way was that all they him. Did it. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, you had Splain was, on their mm-hmm. slot receiver. You knew that's where he was going to look, and, and that was a great play by Minka. And also, I'm going to say the offensive line. I know that's you're not allowed to say that in this town because they have to stink because that's the way we pre- we pre-programmed it in the offseason. But I thought they weren't horrible in Cincinnati. I thought their pass blocking was good. And I thought they took another step forward. I thought there were holes that, to your point, Najee missed. Um, and, I, and I think their pass protection. I, I don't think Trubisky was in any kind of danger yesterday. I mean, you know, no matter how he played like he was, um, I, you know, I really I really think the offensive line took a, you know, a step. It took a step forward in Cincinnati from the preseason. I think they took another step yesterday. And that's a, that's a sign to me. The offensive line sometimes take a little while to gel. And uh, I don't, so I'll give them I'll give them a hat tip for yesterday. All right, two down. Two down for one would be Trubisky. Um, he's playing for his NFL career. Mm-hmm. This was his last chance saloon. And if if the coaches have some kind of leash on him that you know that none of us can see, okay. But this is your chance to ball out. And if you know you don't have a future here, Kenny Pickett's going to be mm-hmm. the guy probably next year. So you're probably playing to get traded mm-hmm. to the next team next year. But there's a lot of bad quarterback playing the league. And Trubisky has a chance to make himself some money and solidify his future. And to me, he's thrown up all over himself yeah. in these first two games and to the point where now well, we're all fine. of a sudden. Yeah. We're th- he is who we thought he was, yeah. unfortunately. He's a backup quarterback in the yeah. NFL. He's never going to be a starter anywhere. This is his last time. I mean, until he's, hold- he's placeholding for Kenny right now. Right. And after that, he's going to be holding a clipboard and have a visor on the rest of his career. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're one of the best 64 quarterbacks in in the NFL, but you're not one of the best 32. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what we're seeing. Anybody else down? Uh, Gunner. I was a a big fan of him through preseason and through the first game. You know, he had a little spunk, you know, Mm -hmm. a little guy that's, you know, just sort of, you know, bopping around. But, man, you got one job, and that's to catch the ball. And you know, no matter how you know, I was at the game again. I, I, you know, hear, oh, I could, I could catch it. How was that hard? No, you yeah. couldn't. 
You have no idea how hard it is to catch a football like that, especially at the NFL level. It's like catching a, an eight-pound kite coming down at you. I mean, it is not as easy as it looks. But that is literally the one job. And not only so much that um, is counting. Every punt returner's job, yep. you see it all the time, is to walk out there and you see them going, you see them with the one finger. And, I would, you know, live at the game, I'm screaming that the New England guy was uncovered. And, you know, I'm going, why, why, uh, why not just throw the ball to him? He's wide open. There's nobody there. There was no guy on the field. And then, you know, he runs down there and it's the guy that recovers mm -hmm. the ball. And if there's a guy in front of him blocking, if Gunner takes that timeout and blocks it and, and, and they go back and, and he catches the punt, you know, doesn't fumble it to that guy, that might be the difference in the game. And that's your one goddamn job. That's what you're here for. Mm -hmm. And to, to, to blow that, you know, to not count to 11 – and then the, the, the fumble, the punt, you just can't do that. See, this is where I want to see some accountability. That dude shouldn't be on the roster Thursday. He shouldn't. Well, he, he's there for one reason, like you said. And he totally blew it. And it, it cost them a game. Punt return, is a, punt return is a weird thing. So you have to have another one that can do it because you don't want to – right. You don't know it what really else is – I'd what put else Deontay back there. But the one guy – but to your point, the guy that should not get a helmet is Connor Hayward. Yeah. For taking the 15 yard penalty because it's bad enough what happened, and then he clocks a guy for absolutely no reason. Listen, kid, you're in the league because your last name's Hayward on this team. Uh, you you have to earn the spot to stay there and take a 15 yard penalty to take what was mm -hmm. already a difficult situation mm -hmm. and make it damn near unmanageable. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that needs to sit for sure like yeah. Thursday night. There's another down. So you give us three down. I like that. Two up for me Presley Harvin, the punter. Uh, after last year, many of us were, you know, kind of shocked they didn't bring someone in to actually le legitimately compete with him. I think you're seeing why. Uh, this is a guy who was impacted last year. What his father passed away, his grandmother passed away. He was dealing with a lot off the field. But you're seeing what this kid could be. I mean, he was booming the ball. Um, unfortunately, boomed it a lot because the offense sucked. But um, he performed well. And my, you stole my other one was Minka. I mean, I had to think long and hard about who the number two would be, but it was definitely Minka. Um, consistent performer, um, doing it again. Um, so those would be my two up, my two down, and I'd like to pick on him, but I think rightfully so. Um, he played decent against Cincinnati. I want to say he played well, but he played decent. And he's back to his old tricks, and he actually left the game with a foot injury, Devin Bush, uh, up until his injury, once again, non-existent. Um, he was burned on a passing play. Uh, over the middle, uh, more of the same, what we expect from Devin. We saw it, so he's he's a down. I was going to say Cam Hayward is another. That's He's a guy that needs to step up when Watts out, and he's never been able to do that. If you look at the games where the Steelers have had zero set, it's when Watts been injured. Where, where's Cam? Cam's got to step up. He considers himself a leader. He's very, you know, he's very vocal. He's very outspoken. Well, where the hell are you when the team needs you? Um, so I'm going to pick on Cam. And you could go on and on about pick anybody on the offense, but I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to pick on Cam uh, because I think he's one who really needs to step up in these situations, and it seems like he never does. So is he overrated? Right? When TJ's out there and everybody, you know, Cam gets his, but when you really need the guy, and, you know, he's talking about, whoa, I'm slighted. What about me for oh, you know, one Aaron of the best? Paul, oh, put, please. Not Aaron Dude. No, Aaron Donald can dominate on his own. I've yet to see Cam Hayward dominate on his own. That, exactly right. You've seen it in week one. Highsmith has three sacks. Was Where he, was he? Did he even play yesterday? Yeah, right, exactly. Apparently he was dressed. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's the impact that Watt has, and it makes everybody else around him better. 
And like Tom said, this offense has got to start doing something because they're not going to be able to win games, you know, holding teams right. to 16 points, 13 mm-hmm. points. They're going to have to score some points, and they haven't shown the ability to move the ball on a consistent basis at all. Right. I'll give you just to help you out since we yeah. doubled up on that. One yeah. other player I think is up is Miles Jack. Miles was playing well. He's a football yeah, player. Absolutely. That's I mean, good you, call. you watch him, you watch him, you know, he just sticks his nose in and he's playing with one hand tied behind his back because who's ever playing the other side right. of him is a is a mess. <clears throat> yeah. Um good but, call. But I, I like Miles. I've been I've been very happy with Miles Jack so far through two games. Listen, hopefully after Thursday when we record next week, we'll it'll be the reverse. We'll have a lot of ups to talk about instead of downs, but time will tell. So speaking of that game, let's do a quick preview. Uh when you talk about the Browns, you talk about one thing, it's that running game. And that gives you heartburn as a Steeler fan because you saw what the Patriots did at, at the end of that game. They ran the ball down our throats and ended the game. Um, so, yeah, apprehensive going into Thursday, absolutely, because with no TJ yet again and Damian Harris and Ramon J. Stevenson, what, Damian Harris ended up averaging six yards of rush, six yards of carry. Okay, that's not Nick Chubb. And, and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that's a, the big difference. The Cleveland offensive line is really strong. Um mm-hmm. You know, even yesterday, Bursette played pretty well. I mean, that was really on the defense had some gaffes. Like, left Corey Davis wide open. I could have caught that touch. I mean, there wasn't a guy 25 yards near him. And then they didn't get the onside kick. And then Mm -hmm. he throws a touchdown to Garrett Wilson. You know, it it was a weird game. But Cleveland can put up some points. Well, they have an identity. The Steelers don't have an identity on offense. No, Cleveland knows exactly yeah, what they want. Exactly. To do. And their running game sets up their passing game. And I think right. that's what the Steelers want to do. The Steelers want their running game to set up their passing game. The problem is when you average two yards a carry, nobody's taking your running game seriously. And it doesn't set up play action pass or naked bootlegs with Bursette's doing with Cleveland. And, and Bursette gets outside the pocket. Um, this is a this is going to be a really tough game for the Steelers to win. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, their offense plays better. They're able to run the ball and keep Cleveland's offense off the field. But if Cleveland scores 24 points in this game, you can forget the address. It's done. They ain't scoring mm-hmm. 24 points. So the Steelers need to get a couple turnovers, uh, a couple short fields where they you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't have to drive 80 yards, 75 yards. They can drive 30 yards or 25 mm-hmm. yards. I, I think it comes down to the turnover game, like most games do, but specifically for this game, the Steelers really need to get turnovers and have short fields to score points because you're not going to see this team continuously – drive the ball 80 yards on no. 13, 14, 15 mm-hmm. play drives. No, really, that's what's weird about this game. And Thursday night games in general are tough because mm-hmm. nobody's these NFL players just aren't ready to go. And it, it's, to me, that's a benefit to the Steelers this week because I think the Browns are a better team right now than the Steelers. Um, I think Thursday night games, even that, you know, shrink that mm-hmm. a little bit because it's such a weird turnaround for these guys. But really, the strength of or the weakness of the Browns is also the weakness of the Steelers, and that's you know the Steel the Cleveland's defense was was what mm-hmm. lost them that game, and you know the Steelers' offense stinks as we just talked about it. So you know, I don't know, I don't know what to expect. I, if the if the the Stefanski, the quarter or the head coach for the Browns, when I've watched them, he always seems to outsmart himself when it's obvious you should run, he tries to pass. Um, to me, and I've said this, I said this last couple of years when Mayfield was their quarterback to Browns fans that I'm that I'm friends with. I don't know why you don't run the ball sixty times against us, and and we couldn't stop it. And 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 he likes to throw the ball, so you got to hope that they put the game. If the Browns put the game in Brissett's hands, the Steelers have a chance. If 
if they decide they're commit to run the ball and they're going to run the ball 40 times a game mm-hmm. this game, I don't know how to Well, let me ask. So, short week obviously is going to play a huge role in this game. Does that favor the Steelers' run defense or the Browns' running? Because, listen, if you're a running back, you just towed the ball 20, 25 times on Sunday. You're pretty beat up. I mean, the old Jerome Bettis story rolled out of bed on Mondays. Well, so, is that – could the Steelers gain a little advantage because of the short week? Typically, you would say that with yeah. most teams. But Nick Chubb didn't carry the ball 25 times. They split the carry, so both running backs are fresh. So, they usually play the hot hand. And, you know, week one, it was Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Yesterday it was Nick Chubb. So I, I don't think there, there's not much of a drop-off, especially when you put Kareem Hunt in there and his pass-catching mm-hmm. ability is different than what Nick Chubb is basically just a runner most of the time. I don't see it being an advantage in this game. With most teams, if you get a, a running back that totes the ball 25, mm-hmm. 28 times, he's a little dinged up. I don't know how many carries Chubb had, but I don't think it was 20. I think uh, Kareem Hunt had 13, 14. Tom, are you going to look that up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think they – I know Nick Chubb had more carries, but they, they split the carries, and so they're fresh. So I, I don't know how much of an advantage that would be. Tom's eyes are really bad, so he's backing up. To <laughs> you make should it see him looking at his phone. Oh, We're up. old, man. you got to put the phone like – both you can shut up. Ten feet in front of you to be able to read looking it. this up. But, yeah, I, I don't know if that's much of an advantage this week for the Steelers. And I think the, the, the Browns' offensive line is really, really good. And yesterday, unlike week one, Cleveland got Amari Cooper really involved mm-hmm. yesterday. He had a huge game for them. And uh, it looks like him Imagine that, getting your, your playmakers involved. Well, that's their one big playmaker. Chubb, 17 carries. Hunt, 13 carries. Uh, yeah. There you go. So, they're you're right. That's they're they're going to yeah, they be fresh. The so, so, that's, that's I the tried. way to play it. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, I, I, I tried to look for the Steelers, I tried. Yeah, I tried. That, that's the way Cleveland plays offense. And Brissett was 22 of 27. So, you know, I mean, you got to hope that, you know, they just they commit to passing the ball thinking that they can't run the ball against us. I think that's the best hope for the Steelers is to put the ball. If it's in Brissett's hands, I think the Steelers have a chance. If it's in the running back's hands, I think they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so let's get to our predictions for the week then. Oh, boy, here we go. We'll start with the Steelers and the Browns. What do we think? All right, well, since I'm one in five. Oh, last week. So we're, we're picking four games this week. we got to get our averages up a little bit. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> it wasn't our best performance last week. For two weeks, I'm week. one in five. I was 0-3 last week. So anybody listening to two. this, if you're a better, whoever I pick, you want to go the opposite way. <laughs> listen to me when I tell you this. I'm going to make you some money here right now, so listen carefully. Uh, Steelers and Browns on a short week in Cleveland. Um, I'm taking the Browns, uh, 24 to 16. Okay. I just think that they just got a little bit more offensively. But I, if you put T.J. Watt in, in the, like I said, F, biggest word in the vocabulary, he's not there. I think that makes a huge difference that might swing the game the other way. But I, I don't think this defense is going to turn them over. And I think Cleveland wins this game. It's going to be a close game. I'm going to say 24 to 16. Yeah, I'm going. I'm over for two on the Steelers this year, so uh, <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see any way that the Steelers can win this game. Um, like I said, I think Cleveland's offense is better than the Steelers' defense right now, minus T.J. Watt. Um, I think both. I think the offense of the Steelers and the defense of the Browns are both weak. But I don't think the Steelers will have the balls to take advantage of that weakness. I think they'll continue to play conservative, and I think that'll cost them again. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you, Michael. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to say 20, 21-13 Browns. All right, I'm going to go with Steelers. So we just got done bashing them for the performance against the Patriots, and I definitely was involved in that bashing. But just like Belichick owns Tomlin, 
Tomlin owns, for the most part, whoever's on that sideline, the opposite sideline in Cleveland. Uh, I think you go and look at the stats. Steelers in Cleveland, it's ridiculous. What Ben was the all-time winning quarterback in Cleveland up, up, until, until, Mayfield. May, up until Mayfield. And I know this year's – but they always – I just think Tomlin – like I said, for whatever reason, Belichick owns Tomlin. I think the same thing holds true this with with the Browns. Steelers are going to do just enough. It's going to be a 17-12 type game, but the Steelers win. All right. Uh, all right, next game. We'll stay in the AFC here for a little bit. Ravens at the Patriots. Ravens coming off a heartbreaker to the Dolphins. Patriots, of course, did what they did. Um, I'll lead us off. It's in New England. I don't. I think Baltimore stinks. Their defense is garbage. Um, I mean, to, to give up what they gave up in the second half to the Dolphins, woof. Um, now the Dolphins' offense is coming into its own. I mean, you talk about speed. I mean, they have speed. They have plenty of speed and more of it. Um, but I think New England's at home. It's Belichick. Belichick owns Harbaugh just like he owns Tomlin. Um, I'm going to go Patriots in this one. I'm going to say. Patriots win this one 27-17. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Um, I, I, you know, last week was – listen or yesterday, I mean, against the Dolphins, I, you know, Waddle and Hill combined mm-hmm. for 22 catches for 367 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I just think Baltimore is going to find a way. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game, like you said, I just think Baltimore is going to find a way to win this one. Um, they were, they had the lead yesterday, and they they let it slip away. I don't think they let this one slip away. And I don't know if New England's offense can put up enough points to stay with Baltimore's offense. Um, Jackson seems to be throwing the ball really well this year so far. Mm-hmm. With what so I've far, seen yeah. in the two games, surprisingly, yeah. And then the legs, you can't even account for them. I mean, the long run right, he had yeah. yesterday. I mean, he's faster than almost everybody on the field every time he's out there. So I'm going to take Baltimore. 34-31. Okay. I don't think New England could score 31 if the Ravens' defense stayed at home. I think it would I think it would take them uh, more time than allotted to get 31. I, I just don't have any faith in New England's offense. I think their offense is terrible. Um, I, I think Baltimore wins this game. I think the, 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 my preface will be that Baltimore is going to have to win this game through the air. Belichick's always good. They always you always hear they're good at taking away your best weapon. He's not going to let Jackson beat him running, so Jackson's going to have to throw the ball. But I mean, in years past, I might have questioned it, but he seems to be mm-hmm. he's throwing the ball really well this year. Um, so I, I think Baltimore wins twenty seven twenty. Okay, another big AFC game: Dolphins at the Bills. Dolphins at the Bills. Man, if this was in December. I might have questions about mm-hmm. whether Miami could do this, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Miami looks different this year. I mean, that offense is – they're putting up points. I mean, but Buffalo, as we know, can mm-hmm. can score. Um, is the Buffalo game play home tonight? Do we know? Anybody? Uh, at Tennessee, I believe. It's at Tennessee? I believe, yeah. Road teams on a Monday night coming home and playing the yep. following week. That's a tough – that can be tough. Uh, I'm going to say a little bit of an upset. I think Miami wins this game, but it's going to be big. It's going to be, I'm going to say, like 40 to 35, something like that. There's going to be a lot of points. Take the over. Well, I, yeah, I watched some of that game yesterday. I mean, Waddle and Hill were fantastic. And, listen, we talked last week. I obviously right. picked Baltimore. Yep. I said mm-hmm. I don't have any faith in Tua. 
You said put up or shut up. You put up. I I, I know. I mean, he tied Dan Marino and Bob Mm -hmm. Greasy for the most touchdown passes in a in a game for the Dolphins. I mean, six touchdown passes is huge. Those receivers are really good, but Buffalo's defense is way better than Baltimore's defense. Their pass rush is better. Mm -hmm. Obviously, their secondary is you know Micah Hyde. I mean, we can go yeah yeah yeah, or Jordan Porter. Um, That secondary is a lot different than Baltimore's secondary. Like Tommy said, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I say 35-31 Buffalo. I think Josh Allen is just too talented to lose a game at home. Yeah, I'm going with Buffalo as well, Uh, basically for all the reasons you just said, so we're not going to beat that dead horse. Um, Now, the the NFC game that everyone's going to be watching – once again, it's Tampa Bay. You think we're picking Tampa every week because that's Michael's team, but we're not. I no, mean, it's just it's their the early seasons. Yeah, their early, early no years. It's it's unbelievable. Um, coming off that big win in New Orleans yesterday, uh, they go on the road to Lambeau to take on the. Is it is it home? Oh, it's at home. They're finally at home. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I so, didn't think they'd give them three road games in a row. Yeah, of course, well, you never, you never know. know. All right, so it's Green Bay's going to Tampa. Um, I'll start us off. Uh, you know. Tampa's defense, and Michael, you know better than anybody. Um, and what I, I watched most of that Green Bay Chicago game last night. Chicago is not there. No, they're not I mean, there. That, that team, and, they're rebuilding and whatever they want to tell and you. And listen, Chicago not, was in that game for a while. They were. Uh, it's um, just they're not ready. And so that's yeah. not a litmus test. I mean, no. obviously, Aaron Rodgers played better, but. Yeah, no, I think this is all Tampa. I think it's Tampa all day. Um, they're going to shut down Green Bay's offense. This is not a 32-year-old Aaron Rodgers we're seeing. Listen, he still has some magic. There's no doubt. You still see him making plays. Um, but I think Tampa's defense is too good, and you still have Brady on the other side. I think Tampa wins this one going away. I think it's 34-17 Tampa. Well, I mean, I'm 0-2 picking Buccaneer games. Um, I picked against them both games. Uh, they wound up winning both games. This game, you know, obviously Green Bay's actually changed their – Offense, uh, they want to run the football. Mm-hmm. You know, with Dylan and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is looking great this year. Looks he, great. He looks great, um, but not against Tampa's defense. I don't think against Tampa's no. defense. Now, there's going to be probably no Mike Evans. I'm assuming he's mm-hmm. going to lose this appeal because you know he shit stomped Marshawn Lattimore <laughs> yesterday and then got in a tussle and could have wound up ripping his head off. I don't know how you're not going to uphold that suspension. Not sure if Julio Jones is coming back. Chris Godwin's definitely out. Donovan Smith, I don't know if he's going to be ready. So we're down to Scotty Miller, Brashard Perryman. Well, Brady finds a way. It well, doesn't yeah, matter. It's I like mean, Brady when he was in New England. The, yeah, yeah. Right. Chris Hogan was a lacrosse player. He right. turned him into a good player. I think Tampa does win this game. I think they, they're not going to score 34 points unless the defense scores. Uh, the offense has been conservative so far because they don't have all their weapons mm-hmm. back. Um, I say 24 to 13. First of all, I want to preface by saying Buffalo is at home tonight, so you guys oh, sorry, me, you guys set me up yeah. on that pick. But I'll stick with my integrity of the, okay. my pick, so I don't want to change it. Okay. Um, this game is at Tampa. Yeah, I I think Tampa's defense is just too strong. I think Green Bay's offense is still a work in progress. Again, a lot of young receivers. Again, yeah. if this game's later in the year, maybe I look yeah. at it a little differently. But I just don't see Tampa Bay giving up a lot of points to anybody right now. Um, so I think Tampa was. I think Tampa does win this game. I think this is going to be a like a twenty to thirteen game. But I think Tampa wins this game. Okay. All right, that'll do it for our NFL coverage for this week. So now it's on to college. And Pitt did what they needed to do on Saturday. It wasn't always pretty. They had their third string quarterback playing, um, but they went to Kalamazoo. They got the job done. 
Uh, as I said, was it convincing? No. Uh, more injuries, which are very concerning. Uh, Jared Wayne went down, most likely looked like a concussion, a whiplash concussion. Um, Marquez uh, Williams, the, the solid corner, one of the starting corners, went down, looked like an ankle. Um, Baldonado was out at the end of the game. I mean, these guys are dropping like flies for Pitt. Now, we talked about one of their strengths this year was their depth, and their depth is really getting tested well, we early on. We didn't think it was going right. to need exactly. this much depth right. this early. Uh, you know, that game, you know, we talked last week, obviously, you, you had inside that Keaton was right. playing. He did practice all week. He did dress. They decided to hold him out. They held out Deslin. Right. Just because, just to Gabe give him another Ho, yeah. He was dressed. Boy, but yeah, yeah, you know, so, you know, that game was uh, close. Yeah, uh, for a long close. time until Pitt, like I said, they needed to run the football and not the big flashy well, runs, the, right. the four, the five, the seven-yard runs that run the clock. And shout-out to our boy, Jay Cradle, who played man, center, played center, uh, filled in for Owen Drexel, who was out, didn't make the trip to Kalamazoo. You know, I feel bad for Nick and, and Owen for not being able to experience the wonderful Kalamazoo. No, but, we actually watched the game with right, Nick at right. your house, <laughs> yeah. and I, we had to tell him to stop calling the plays every right. time they went to the line. It's like telling somebody the end of a movie. <laughs> right. I, I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do. You don't have to tell me everything. Yeah, that he do. knew exactly what they were going to do. But, no, huge shout-out to Jake. I thought he had a fantastic game. They were running behind him consistently in the second half, and he was just demolishing dudes. Um, and he definitely got the, but the whole offensive line, you know, shout out to them. They, they played like everybody thought they were going to play finally, um, in this game. And that was the difference. Uh, they, they took control of the game. Pitt rushed for 200 plus yards. Um, and that was, you know, that, that's the script. Uh, when you have your third string quarterback in who, you know, shout out Nate uh, Yarnell, uh, redshirt freshman, threw the ball 12 times. We had an over-under going into the game at 12, and that's exactly what he threw. So a push. It was a push, yeah. Um, but made some nice throws. Um, you know, that the, the slant to, to uh, Tay uh, Mumfield early on. was Two fades to Jared. The two fades to Jared. Um and then you everything know, else, else misdirection. Mis- yeah, yeah, that's, and, the, that's and, what they did. They what? protected him. And as that's much as I criticized Signetti after the Tennessee game for his play calling in the second half of that game, uh, I think he learned from that. And he had, everything was misdirection. Everything. Everything. Every single play in the second half. And that allowed Yarnell um, a clean pocket uh, and to make some throws to some wide open receivers and tight end. I mean, that you know, Gavin was wide open for the wide big open. play. Um, so... You know, there's 12 when he finished 9 and 12. So kudos to him. And, and Pitt did what they needed to do. Defense gave us, you know, some angina early on. The game was a little well, closer than we would have liked. The third downs, trying mm-hmm. to get off the field mm-hmm. on the third downs early in that game. I, you know, but they, they, they shut down Western Michigan's running game. Yep. They shut down their passing game. Um, they did what they had to do. Now we go play Rhode Island Rhode, next yeah. week. Listen, that, that that's going to be a work on shit kind of game. Yes. I mean, that's basically what everybody yep. gets one of these games. You work on shit. Right. right? And rest people. This is an opportunity to rest yeah. those guys that are banged up. Like all there's no, re- yeah, there's all no reason guys. to play Dez. You know, I mean, any of the guys that were banged up last right. week, you know, Jared Wayne, I would probably sit him I out this buy, game. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to play him against Rhode Island. Yeah, I was uh, fairly frustrated because, again, this was this had Narduzzi, the Narduzzi special written all over it. Coaching not to lose much the very same way that we just talked about Tomlin and the way he's coaching. Um, this was a game that was just ripe for – I mean, I don't even know why they were in Western Michigan playing, but they're there. Mm-hmm. They're on the road. You know, I, I, I thought 
Western Michigan would get a little bit better of a crowd. I, it looked pretty. Yeah, pretty it looked sports. about yeah, looked oh, about sixty yeah. percent full right. there. Um, you get somebody like you know a higher caliber ACC team coming into your home field. I yeah. would have thought they would have a little bit more of a crowd, but um, through halftime, I, I at halftime I thought this, they were going to lose this game. I mean, they just the quarter the the, the freshman quarterback right now. They just you know it just looked like they were not going to let him nope. do anything. Looked like the Steeler offense, and you know <laughs> I, I don't care how big of a mismatch you got when the other team knows you're not going to do something. It makes right. stopping you know what you're going to do a little bit easier, especially run block and. Uh, you know, I'm glad to see that Signetti got you know loosened the reins a little bit. I thought the kid played well. I really did. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a tough spot. He's a redshirt freshman. He hadn't he hadn't thrown a real played in a real game mm-hmm. since 2019 because of injuries and COVID and all that stuff. So I, I was I was really impressed with him. I thought he played really yeah. well. Yeah, but I want to pump the brakes. I should never do this, but I do. I can't help myself on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, you know, people are pumping up Nate as being like the next great – easy. It was Western Michigan. It was Western Michigan, yeah. right? He Not, didn't come in and play against Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah. in a crazy environment, down, you know, and, and had to bring the team back. So, yeah, like I said, kudos to the kid. Played well. They won the game. Happy for that. But let's pump the brakes on this kid being the next great thing. I mean, we don't we, – we really can't gather much from 12 pass attempts in, in Kalamazoo against Western Michigan. And to be Western honest, th- th- this might be really his only – Time he ever plays at Pitt. Let's be right. honest. I mean, they're going to bring be. other quarterbacks in. Next well, they got you know, Kenny Minchie's coming in next year's stud recruit. Yeah, I mean, four I, star should be a five star quarterback. I, this could be his opportunity to put something on tape for another great school point. That yep. He could go, probably go play at a mid major somewhere mm-hmm. and start. Yeah, uh, no, no question. But no, it's they got to two and one. They got the win. They'll be in three um, and one after Saturday. Three and one after Rhode Island. Going into ACC play. Right. With, with Narduzzi. But, yeah, it should be three and one, and then they start the ACC play. Hopefully, uh, you know, Slovis and Dez and some of those mm-hmm. guys. The other guy you didn't mention was uh, Davion Hayes. He's out oh, for Dayon the Hayes is Dayon out for Hayes, the year. He's yeah. out for the year. That's but a again, big blow. That, again, cuts out down the their meniscus, defensive yeah. line depth a little bit. But uh, they need to get into ACC play and see what happens. And, and, and hopefully stay healthy at that point. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I don't care how much depth you have. When guys are dropping, there's only so much of it, and you're going to start feeling an impact. So Yeah, this week is a basically a, a, get a healthy. week. Yeah, it's yeah. a good healthy week. Yeah, for sure. And there's no other, you know, we're not going to belabor this. There's no reason to preview the game. Are we doing two up, two down with Pitt? Yeah, let's do two up, two down with Pitt. <laughs> Excuse me, my, my up has got to be Hallett. Yeah, those oh. two interceptions that Hallett had. Woo! You you don't even see wide receivers make those catches. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he played a fantastic game yeah. in the secondary uh, yesterday, and then my other up got to be Jake Cradle. Yeah, moving from guard over to center and creating holes, especially in the fourth quarter when they just ran the ball down Western yeah. Michigan's throat. Um, down, it's hard to say really right. because they dominated the whole second half. You know. Uh, to me, it's still that defensive line. They're still not putting the pressure that they put on. So I'm not going to pick. You're taking one. exactly who I would go with. Yeah. yeah, I'm not picking one specific guy, you know, on the defensive line. But they just are not getting to the quarterback. On I think they had three right. sacks. Yeah. But against Western Michigan, you got to put that guy on. And Salapak is not exactly the most mo- mobile quarterback. No, in the world. so you got to put that guy on the ground. I would say if I'm going to pick a down it's still the defensive line the offensive line showed up the defensive line to me just still didn't look like they were supposed to in preseason we had you know Baldwin Auto these guys were all mm-hmm. preseason all Americans or at least all ACC players and we're not seeing it so far um on my ups I'll say uh, the quarterback right now mm-hmm. I mean I, I mean 
yes, it was only 12 passes, but me threw a couple dimes in there, and uh, I give the kid a lot of credit. Again, you're not playing for three years. You're going on the road in college, in, in college football. Still a tough place to play. Apparently, they were throwing batteries at the, at the, at the bus and everything else. So, uh, And the other one I'll say is is the running backs in general. I mean, you know – all you three of them. Look at them. Yeah, all Flemister of them. Flemister got some carries. Everybody some that comes on, I mean, they're not the biggest guys. I mean, you look at you know Davis Izzy's and Izzy, but they don't look right. big. I mean, and they're out there taking the you know pounding and, and doing what needed to be done, and they stepped up big time for the team. And uh, I mean, I think they ran the ball what fifty times, yeah. fifty five times, or something like that. I mean, that's they, Christ, yeah. that's that's a lot of carries. Uh, that's was, like nineteen thirty. No, that was like Nebraska. What yeah. was that? What was that uh, quarterback was there for fifteen years? Tommy Frazier. That's it, Tommy Frazier. Yeah, right. Um, uh, deep on downs, I don't, I don't know. I don't like to put call. I don't okay. like to say bad things about college players, but I will say the one down I'll say is is for Nick Patty, uh, and not that he did anything wrong, but just his injury. It's just a, it's a crappy time that be injured. It was a chance for that him. To, a good you know, game. Was it been a chance for him to come and play yep. and uh, and put uh, and you know get some get some of the stuff that I feel like he's earned. And uh, so I'll say down that he was injured. And it's a sh- it's more of a shame. shame. I'm not, yeah. Obviously, I'm right. not blaming him, but. It's a shame yeah. you missed that opportunity. Yeah, no question about it. Um, I really have not much to add from what you two already said. Um, it's like I said at the outset, they, they did what they needed to do. It could have been a downer game like we've seen in the past. They didn't pit, um, and, and they pulled pulled off the win. And, um, yeah, the running backs, That's I, they once again, so all three of them, Izzy, VD, and Sebo got some carries and looked good. And um, you know how down I was on Davis. Yeah, I mean, he drove well, last year he's everything, west, everything east, everything west. sideways. And yeah, he's he's putting he, his foot in the ground and he's hitting the hole. And he's out. running hard. I mean, he he's carrying dudes. And you're right. I mean, instead VD's of trying to like break five, a, a 35 yard run, he'll take the four yard game. Right, now. exactly. And that's just maturity. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's big. Their their running back room has some guys. Yeah, no question about it. All right, time for fact or fiction for the week. Um, we're going to go back to the Steelers for most of them. Uh, Matt Canada will be the offensive coordinator next year. Fact or fiction? Obviously, the hot topic this week. So we'll, we'll throw it out there. That's fact. He, he's not an NFL caliber play caller. Um, the game. Oh, he's going to be back? No. Oh. Uh, oh, you said. I uh, said he will be back. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, a, a, that's fiction. That's fiction. Absolutely. He will not be back next yep. year. Um, I can see this going downhill on roller skates real fast. Um, I just don't see any innovative play calling that he does mm-hmm. that. that gets mismatches on the defense. And that's what we always talk about with coaching. You want to put your players in the best possible position to Mm -hmm. succeed. He doesn't seem to be able to do that. He really wasn't able to do that at the college level, really, for the most part. I just don't think it's a fit in the NFL for him. So, yeah, I definitely think he's going to be gone after this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to say say fact that he's gone. Um, And I think the reason is is it's going to be so obvious that if Tomlin doesn't do it, I think Rooney will step in. Um, next year, <clears throat> and we Rooney has stepped in in the past too, right. and, and yeah. So um, I, I think I don't even think you can debate that next year is going to be Kenny's team. Um, I don't think you want to start off his run as the franchise quarterback for the Steelers with a with an offensive coordinator that you have to talk mm-hmm. this much about. Um, I think it's time they need to. They, and 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 I blame Tomlin for this. I mean. He need they need to go out whether it's you know I've heard people blame the Steelers organization they're too cheap they don't pay their assistants any money that's why they never get anybody mm-hmm. good 
Um, I've heard some people say it's Tomlin because his ego's too big. He doesn't want anybody well, to shine him. Right. So you bring up a good point. And before I forget, I want to talk about that next week. I'm going to put it here. The great coaches have a tree. Tomlin. Yeah, I mean, Tomlin's he doesn't tree, even have a weed. Tomlin's tree is like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Right. It's just like kind of a couple right. of limbs and a, yeah. and a bulb. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. He did, there's no tree there. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I, I think it's going to be important with Pickett taking over next year for sure if he doesn't take over by, mm-hmm. you know, seven days from now. Um, I think it's going to be important that he has a fresh start with a true offensive coordinator that's going to help him and not hold him back. So, yeah, I'm going to say fact. Yeah, he he won't be back next year. Nothing left to be said. And if he is, holy, I mean, they must have had a massive turnaround at some point this year for him to keep his job. All right, Tom, we'll stay with you. Uh, Steelers will get a sack against the Browns. Fact or fiction? (laughs) Well, if I was running the Browns, they wouldn't get a sack because I wouldn't throw the ball. I would just run the ball with those two. Um, will they get a sack? No, I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't think that the, that this off the defense is is too uh, is too easy to defend now without TJ. TJ drew so much attention um, that it freed up Highsmith and Hayward. And mm-hmm. I think without him over there and and Highsmith and Hayward on the same side, I think it's easy to slide coverage over there um, uh, for protection. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no sack again. No, I think the Steelers get one sack in this game, but I still don't think they win it. Uh, they couldn't get one against Mac Jones, which right. I can see your point. I mean, the guy's a statue back there. Brissett can actually get outside the pocket. He can move. And those yeah. are the things we talked about with Trubisky is his running ability. But like Tom said, he, he's seeing phantom rushers. And yep. he, he, he ran a ball one time yesterday for seven yards. I looked at the stats. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to be able to get outside the pocket and, and make the defense pay. I think the Steelers do get one sack in this game, but I don't think it's going to be a factor. I don't think their defense is going to be much of a factor. I think the Browns are going to shove the ball down their throat repeatedly, and if the Steelers have trouble stopping a run, it's going to be ugly. I think they'll get one. Uh, going back to what I said earlier in my prediction, uh, I think they'll get at least one in this game. Well, you picked them to win. They better right. get more than yeah. one. Well, that's what I'm saying, at least one. Um, so I'm going to say fact. They will get a sack against the Browns. Fact or fiction, offense will score at least two touchdowns against the Browns. <laughs> that, that's fiction. <laughs> Offensive touchdowns. Offensive touchdowns. Oh, no, that's not happening. Um, and they, they, Firemuth scored last week, right? Yeah. And that was actually a nice pass by Mitch. So, uh, Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. I don't see it. I mean, I, fiction. You know, unless they got some new right. thing going on this four days after they just played this, I, I don't see it happening. So, yeah, that's not happening. Ah, uh, just so that I'm not completely negative, I'm going to say fact. I mean, I mean, well, it got, can't be because you you only have them scoring 13 points. Oh, they missed they the extra, extra point. point. All right, yeah. good. Uh, no, no, that could a, happen. They, they, it's a it's a jag off. Less than two minutes to go. Right. They score a touchdown. It means nothing. They try to go for right. two. Okay, that kind oh, there, of you thing. Yeah. there you go. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I like that. Yeah. Right, I'll, I'll see. Well, we're going we'll details now. There you go. Yeah. Try to talk my way back in depth. Yeah. Um, fiction. I'm not even. Gonna, I mean. I think they're going to win, but it's because of their defense they're going to win. Um, their offense will score one touchdown again. We'll see that becoming a trend. Um, but I think the defense scores a touchdown, and they may get a couple field goals, and that's how they're going to win this game. Um, I don't know if anybody saw this, but it's must-see TV. I've never seen it as long as I've been following football. So Arizona State loses to Eastern Michigan on Saturday. <laughs> Their head coach, Herm Edwards, is walking off the field with the security guard. He stops the security guard, 
does a little end around, and the president and the athletic director are waiting for him in the end zone as he's walking off the field, and they fire him. I mean, crazy. It's fine. I mean, I feel bad for Herman in a way, but in a way, I don't. I mean, he deserved it. Well, he still gets um, his money. I don't he, feel yeah, that he gets bad his money. Yeah. It's not like he's on the unemployment <laughs> line it's getting funny. food stamps. If you haven't seen this, you have to go back and watch it. So that leads to our last factor fiction. Herm Edwards will be back on TV next week because he was great on TV, I thought. Yeah, he's still a good talker. I'm yeah. sure someone will pick him up. Yeah, I mean, for the college coverage, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He, I don't know. He'd probably be back in the pride. I don't think he wants anything to do. I think he's got his money. I don't think right. he wants anything he's to do done. in college football. But, yeah, he'll, there's so many TV shows. He'll pop up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to pop up in the next week or two. I mean, the guy loves to talk. He I mean, does. He, you know, if you, if you, you want to hire a motivational speaker, this is the guy you hire. Right. Um, I just don't think college was a fit for him. He was an NFL coach. Yep. He, he was, you know, born and raised in the NFL game. He played in the NFL. He coached in the NFL. He retired, was in television, and then all of a sudden took the Arizona State job. I didn't think it was a good fit when they hired him. Obviously, it wasn't a good fit because he got fired in the end zone after the game. So that that tells you, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be on TV, and I'm looking forward to it. I love listening. Yeah, to him I do talk too. So I'm going to say fact as well. Fox, I bet you it's going to be Fox. They're going to hire him. If they don't already have a deal done, they're going to have it done this week. So I'll say fact. All right. So that's it. It's another week. But before we, we leave you, closing thoughts. Oh, Tommy. I got a, I got a, I got Ooh. a bone. Ooh. Oh, I was All pissed right. off Uh-oh. yesterday. Uh-oh. I got shushed by my wife at the oh. at the Steeler game. Listen, I, I've told you guys thousands of times why hockey is the best sport that there is. Well, here's reason 4,062 why it's the best sport. I'm not sure at what point. It was in the second half, so I was already in a bad mood of the game yesterday. But you see this stuff all the time. And sometimes it gets a little, you know, a little politicized or a little too much. But they always bring out uh, a salute to the heroes where they bring yeah. out somebody. Yeah. And in hockey, they do it all the time. They always do it during a TV break. And all 17,000 people get up and clap. But every hockey player, every coach, every trainer, everybody – Taps their stick on the ice. Mm-hmm. Everybody's standing and yep. saluting that player, that, that that soldier. And I get it. It's a little bit different environment. It's indoors and all that kind of stuff. But yesterday, they did it where they brought out this uh, the gentleman who was uh, you know a war veteran, you know served overseas, all that kind of stuff. He walks out the players' tunnel, and seventy thousand people stand and applaud this guy, and not one goddamn NFL player, not one. Mm. Clapped, acknowledged, did did anything. Not one goddamn person on either sideline. And that stuff just pisses me off. And it just shows you the me attitude in a lot of professional athletes that just doesn't exist in hockey. It just doesn't exist in hockey. They respect the game. They respect the, you know, they, they acknowledge that kind of stuff. Not one goddamn player. There's 200 players. Right. Between, you know, on either side. Not one of them. And I looked down and didn't, it, not one of them acknowledged. And I couldn't point it out louder in the stadium. It just, it, that kind of stuff just pisses me off. And the funny thing about hockey is most of the players aren't even American. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So they don't, exactly. even, know, they don't even know respect. who the guy is. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just respect. Yeah. That this is, and there are 70,000 people and standing and cheering. You can't tell me. That the players are in their own little goddamn world down there that they don't they can't understand it or whatever. That not one person down there looks around and goes, Hey, why are all these people standing and cheering? Oh, that's right. Because here comes a US soldier out here. Maybe we should take a second and get out of our own little right. damn way right. and acknowledge that person. 
So it's just something that pissed me off yesterday. My wife was apparently a little vocal about it. My wife was like, hey, all right, all right. I think we hear it. And yeah, I, it, right. just, it just bugs me. Yeah, that kind of stuff so. just yeah. pisses me off. Well, mine's a little bit different. I know, you know, obviously having a, a female athlete as a daughter, um, and I don't watch a ton of WNBA, but the Las Vegas Aces won the WNBA championship yesterday. Becky Hammond is their first-year coach. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you right now, within the next three years, she will be the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. She'll be the first female coach in the NBA. She's that bright. Greg Popovich, probably the best coach mm-hmm. maybe ever, ever to coach maybe. in the mm-hmm. NBA. Um, he lets her run huddles. I mean, she's the assistant head coach of that team. And so if anybody doesn't know Becky Hammond's name, get to know it because she's going to be a groundbreaker in the NBA within the next couple of years when Pop retires. I believe she's going to wind up being named the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. And Pop was in the locker room. Wasn't he in yes. the locker yeah. room yes. for one of the games? Yeah. You know, gave a speech? Or... Yeah. Yeah, she is a really bright basketball mind. Men, women, doesn't matter. And I think she's going to be the first groundbreaker in the NBA. Oh, anywhere. That would be. Yes, it would yeah. be in any yeah. sport. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any male professional sport. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to – I'm really changing. I got nothing. <laughs> wow. There's nothing that really moved me this week one way or the other um, enough – to uh, to waste any time and waste any airtime. But I will say if you've talked about it, well, you could use your time to maybe talk about uh, your store this week, brushes and beans. Oh, well, thank nice you, Tommy. Oh, nice nice little Saturday. thing Saturday yeah, night. So you, don't be you. afraid to. I appreciate that. Well, why don't you kick us off first with with uh, community beverage? What you're up to there, and what may be on special, and what you're doing. Well, again, my business is foolproof. It's celebrate when they win and drown your sorrows when they lose. <laughs> <laughs> win or lose. Win or lose. The best right, so, yeah. But I will say this, 60 degrees for the highs over the weekend. Yeah. This will be this will be the first full pumpkin. Let's yeah. get everybody get their pumpkin beer in Oktoberfest weekend. So Yeah, here we are. Yeah, we'll be loading up on it. It'll be flying out here the we door. Go. I we know, know it's coming right behind that. Yeah. Oh, like, boy. Like, yeah. Winter's coming right uh, out. Yeah. I mean, I love fall because it means football and yeah. hockey starting. But I hate it because you know it's coming right after it. Yeah, the, at and least, as I've gotten older, I hate winters in Pittsburgh. I, can I can't sp- take them. I can speak loud and with confidence that Michael and my tone will tone will turn drastically. I'm going to bitch every, every podcast. Yes, right we all ap- will. Right after Halloween, I'm going to yep. bitch the entire rest of the year. So yeah. just be prepared. Our yeah. our miserableness is truly yes. going to come it, out. It gets when cranked up to, when it's yeah. nice and cold outside. Everything pisses me off in the right. yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything. All right, so Brushes of Beans, Saturday, September 24th, uh, big event. So if you don't have any plans, Saturday, it's all day long. We're going to have stuff going on. It's Stranger Things are happening at, at Brushes and Beans. And I knew nothing about the TV show on Netflix, Stranger Things, up until about three months ago when every single employee, that's all they talked about. So Amanda and I sat down and we binge watched all four seasons. And I got to tell you, I'm hooked. I love the show. It's fantastic. And if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It takes a few episodes to get into it, but once you get into it, man, it hooks you. Um, and that's what happened to us. So anyway, we're going to have a Stranger Things Day here all day long. Costume contest. We have karaoke. Uh, 80s. One, I love, We grew up in the 80s. The show is set in the 80s. Love that. Uh, some great music throughout. And so uh, come on out. Let's hear you sing. We're going to have the, the karaoke machine fired up. Um, and then Nick Patty and the boys are going to be out after the game. 
So we're going to get them behind the mic and have them sing some karaoke. Uh, so it should be a fun day. We're going to have contests, costume contests, trivia contests. Uh, Danielle, who works here at Brushes and Beans, is teaching a class with some Stranger Things designs. That's already sold out, so sorry if you haven't signed up already. Um, but yeah, whole full day of activities planned. So Tommy, thank you for that. Appreciate absolutely appreciate you bring that up. I'm yeah. I'm a terrible business owner. I didn't even I'll think be to here. mention it. I'll be here. Michael, be here. Tommy, you should. I, Jake, I know Jake's going to oh, come, right? Jake, Jake and April Jake's are going to be here. Out. Jake's coming out to paint some Stranger Things things. All right, so. all right, awesome. Yeah, it's a great show. So yeah, if you're a fan, you're a Pitt fan, you're a Stranger Things fan, stop out. Forty five fifty William Penn Highway in Murraysville. All right, that'll do it for this week. Great job, fellas. A lot of good stuff. Uh, until next week, we're going to try to make Monday our record days. It seems to work out well for everybody. So we're going to – hopefully we'll get this posted here later on tonight. So look for ABC on Pittsburgh Sports every Monday night moving forward. And for now, Michael, Tommy, and Mark saying have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.